0: This message was recorded live at the Ark Church in Conroe, Texas. Hey, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Derek Thompson. I'm one of the pastors here at the Ark Church, and it is an honor and privilege for me to be able to share with you this morning. Uh, How many of you guys know that we have the best pastors in the world, Pastor Allen, Ms. It's such a blessing to be able to serve with them and under them, and um, they've done so much for me and my family. Well, if you've ever heard me teach a class, teach in main service, you know what's coming up next. So... Uh, I'm a big believer in the Word of God. So if you have a Bible this morning, if you have a smart device, if you just want to join in on the fun, we're going to make a confession this morning. So I'm going to ask everybody to raise your Bible, smart devices, hands up. Let's get in agreement and let's tell life what's about to happen. Say, This is my Bible. This is my Bible. See, I like y'all. Y'all have woken up, eaten breakfast, stretched, everything. So you guys are ready. Let, let's, let, let's do it one more time just to make me feel good. Say, This is my Bible. It's God's, word to me. it's God's Word to me. It strengthens me. It, strengthens it refreshes me. me. It refreshes it's me. medicine to me. It's and I love to, I love to read my Bible. Amen, amen, amen. Hey, you know why I believe that's important? I believe it's important because of this. One word from God can change your situation. Amen. Just one word. One word from God can change our situation. Amen? Amen. And here's what I believe is happening now, guys. I believe that we are in a position now where God's getting ready to change our story. You hear what I'm saying? I believe there are things that we're going through, God's getting ready to turn that thing around. I believe 2021, we've not even seen the goodness of what God's about to bring our way. God wants to bless us. He wants to change our story around. He wants to take those whose bodies are broken and heal them. He wants to take those whose marriages are on the breaking point and mend them. He wants to take those situations where that wayward child has lost their mind. He wants to move in that child's heart and bring them back home. He wants to bless your finances. He wants to open doors of opportunity. God wants to move in our lives. Why? Because he's still in the story-changing business, guys. We serve a good God, a faithful God, a God who is right now, a God who is present with us. Here's the beauty of what I love. The Bible says this, that where two or three or more gathered in my name, there I am in the midst of them. So whether you realize it or not, you are in the presence of the Lord this morning. And we're getting ready to read a story here in just a minute where it says... When Jesus was ministering, it said the power to heal was present. Guys, can I tell you this morning, if you've come in here with something going on in your life, in your body, in your mind, in your, in your situation, the power to heal it is present here today. You know what? Only five of y'all are going to walk out here with something. I'm telling you guys, the power to heal your life and set you on a new course is here today. God wants to do something powerful in your lives, but what I found out is, is sometimes everything can look good on the outside, but be a little off on the inside. It reminds me of a story several years ago uh, when my kids were a lot younger. Uh, my wife was working. I happened to be off that day, and, and we just gotten back from, from uh, Georgia, and if guys, can I tell you, if you've never had a Georgia peach, let me tell you. I'm a believer that Georgia peaches come straight from the throne room of heaven <laughs> because they are the sweetest thing I've ever tasted in my entire life. And we just so happened we brought a case of these peaches back from Georgia. And, you know, I was feeling good. I would got done watching Paula Deen, and she was making a peach pie. And so I said, you know what? I'm going to make my wife a peach pie. So I got in there, and my kids were like, what's going on, Daddy? And I'm, I'm getting all the ingredients together, and I start putting them in there, all the ingredients and cutting up the peaches and putting them in there. And after a while, I had gotten it all mixed up and set right, and I put it in the oven. And guys, can I tell you, the aroma that began to go throughout the entire house, oh, it was like heaven itself. And the kids were going so crazy. It was like a bunch of hound dogs just climbing over one another, and they just wanted a piece of that pie. But I said, no, this is mommy's pie. So at the end of the day, my wife got home from the day. Kids ran up. They greeted her. I, I, I walked up and she's like, what's going on? And she could smell the pie. And I said, sweetie, I, I love you so much. I just wanted to do something special for you. So come on. And I escorted her to the table and I sat her down. I pulled the pie out. And can I tell you this pie, the most amazing thing, you know what Paula Deen and have nothing on this pie. <laughs> it was crystal. It was, it was, it was clear. I mean, it was perfect. Brown. The crust was perfect. And I began, I took the knife and I, and I began to cut a piece. And can I tell you, a perfect triangle came out. I mean, not anything fell apart. And I was like, yes, you know, and, and I, I put it on her plate. And I gave her a fork and gave her a napkin. And, and then me and the kids kind of all leaned in. Cause we just knew <laughs> something great was about to happen. My wife smiled and she goes, here I, and she said, here I go, took her fork. She went in, grabbed that piece of that pie, put it in her mouth. Her eyes got real big. She stood up and shot off to the bathroom. Spit it all out. After she got done spitting it out, she looked at me and she goes, what did you put in that pie? I said, babe, I did just what Paula Dean said. I put the flour in there, the cinnamon in there. I put a dash of sugar, a cup of salt. Put a cup of salt. She goes, that's why it's so bitter. She goes, it's the most disgusting thing I've ever tasted in my life. I got the recipe all wrong. Guys, can I tell you, in life, we can put more of the wrong thing in and less of God in, and life tends to have a bitter taste to it. You see, I believe we can learn from the Scriptures. That's why I want to prioritize the Word of God. We can learn from the Scriptures so that we'll always be assured of making sure that we have the right ingredients to be able to experience what God wants us to experience. There's a beautiful story in the scriptures. It's found in Luke 5. It says, Now it happened on a certain day, as he was teaching, that there were Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting by, who had come out of town, out of, town of Galilee, Judea, and Jerusalem, and the power of the Lord was present to heal them. Then, behold, men brought on a bed a man who was paralyzed, whom they sought to bring in and lay before him. And when they could not find how they might bring him into him because of the crowd, they went up on the housetop and let him down with his bed through the tiling into the midst before Jesus. When he saw their faith, he said to him, man, your sins are forgiven you. And the scribes and Pharisees began to reason saying, who is this who speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? But when Jesus perceived their thoughts, he answered and he said to them, Why are you reasoning in your heart? Which is easier, to say your sins are forgiven you or to say, rise up and walk? But that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. He said to the man who was paralyzed, I say to you, arise, take up your bed, and go to your house. You see, in this story, we see a lot of things taking place here. And I believe that if we're gonna experience God's life-changing power, if we're gonna see our story change just like this man's story was changed, there are some ingredients or some things that we have to make sure that we have in our life. The first one is this. We have to be in the presence of the Lord. We've got to make that a priority. We've got to focus on the fact that every moment, every day, I've got to figure out a way to get into the presence of the Lord. That's in our own devotional time. That's on Sundays and Wednesdays when we we have church. Here's the beauty of it. See, God's, he never intended for us to do life alone. Never. In fact, he he intended for us to do life in community. And he wants us to do that by coming to church, by making it a, a commitment to come to church. And you'll find that when you come into this place, from the moment Justin and the worship team begin singing, The power to heal is present in this place. You can receive something from the first song, from the second song. You can receive something from when the message is being shared. You can receive something. Why? Because the presence of the Lord is in this place, guys. And God wants to heal you. Point to yourself. Say, God's changing my story. Now say it like you believe it. Say, God's changing my story. God wants to bless you, folks, but we've got to come up close and begin spending a lot of time with him. If you come on Sunday, let me encourage you, come Wednesday night. If you only come Wednesday night, come on Sunday. If you read your scriptures and and you do Bible 365 on Monday and Tuesday, let me challenge you, do it all week long. What you're going to find is, is as you spend time with the Lord, He's going to begin healing you. He's going to begin refreshing you, restoring you, breaking things off of you, opening doors, closing doors. He's going to begin doing many, many things in your life. Why? Because the Bible says that in his presence there is fullness of joy. I don't know about you, but I want it all, guys. I want it all. I want to have the same mindset that my 24-year-old had when we were little, I never forget, when, whenever Christmas time came around and, and we had gifts under the tree, when Christmas came down, he didn't only open his gifts, but he opened his gifts, his sister's gifts, his mom's gift. He wanted it all. That's the mentality we need to have. Because you know what? Jesus is more than just a savior. He's a healer. He's a provider. He's a restorer. He's the one who gives us peace. He's the lifter of our head. He's the one who can make the crooked places in our life straight. The one who can shed light on the dark places in our life. That's who we are serving. That's who we're going after. And that's what will happen if we come up close and spend time with him. Is this making sense? God wants to change some stories this morning. And the power to heal is in this place. So the first thing we need to do is we need to come up close. The second thing is, is we need to take inventory of who we're surrounded with. It says, they brought the man who was paralyzed to Jesus. Who is they? It's a bunch of people that had faith and believed that Jesus was the answer. You see, we have to take inventory and, and, see, and, and, and think about who we're allowing to speak into our lives. Are we surrounding ourselves with other faith-filled believers? Or are we surrounding ourselves with people who have the same mindset as the Pharisees and scribes? who are reasoning and and doubtful. Why? Because it will affect you individually. God wants to do something big and major in all of our lives. And who we allow to affect us is going to be critical. Scripture says, as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens the countenance of his friends. We have the ability to influence one another, to encourage each other, to spur one another on. But you have to be around other faith filled believers. Think about it in my own life when uh, I hit a rough patch and was dealing with uh, some things and, and was worried and overly anxious and went to the doctor, and the doctor says, Oh, well, that makes sense. You're depressed. And then I began just walking around telling everybody, Yeah, I'm depressed. Yeah, I'm depressed. Yeah. Things are going bad, you know, but you know, doctor says I'm depressed. And and, and that was just my in, internal narrative and, and everything that was coming out of my mouth was I was depressed. Well, I just thank God for my wife who's full of the word and in the beginning she was like, "Oh, it's going to be okay." You know, no, God's God's going to do something. But after a while, she began to stomp her feet and say, "No. Either you believe God or you don't. God is a faithful God. God is true to his word. You're not depressed." God has given you power, love, and soundness of a mind. And she began to encourage me in the scriptures. And what happened? My faith began to lift back up. Why? Because she pointed me back to the one. We've got to be careful who we allow to speak into our lives. We got to make sure that those closest to us have the same beliefs. The Bible says in Hebrews 11, it says, He who comes to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. For me, that's the criteria which I base my relationships on. If you can't believe first that Jesus is, we got a problem. But then, if you can't believe that he's good yesterday, today, and forever, that he's still in the blessing business, that he's still in the healing business, that he's still in the provision business, if you can't believe those things, may the Lord bless you over there, but I want some people around me who are gonna encourage me to do all I can and receive all I can from what God has for me. And that's how we need to be, folks. It says they brought him to Jesus. They were a part of that healing miracle. And then the third thing here that I notice is this. They had an aggressiveness about their faith. This resolve on the inside that, you know what? There might be a crowd but I'm gonna find a way. There might be opposition, but nothing's gonna keep me from Jesus. Amen. There might be this resistance coming against me, but the resistance on the inside of me is greater than what's coming against me. We have to have a resolve, a faith. Uh, you know what? I'm gonna to get to Jesus no matter what mentality and what happens. It enables us to be able to move into his presence. It says, They looked at the crowd, and they realized that there was no way that they were going to get through the crowd. And so what was their response? They looked up, and they saw the roof. Guys, can I tell you this morning, some of us, we've been beating our heads against a wall, doing the same thing over and over and over. And can I tell you this morning, look up. Look up. Why? Because you will get an answer that you need from God says they went up on the roof and then they realized that Jesus was underneath it. And they began to pull the tiling back on the roof. Why? Because it stood in the way of the blessing that they were looking for. This morning, let me encourage you with this. Let's get rid of all the excuses, me included. Let's get rid of all the excuses. I can't speak for you, but let me speak for myself. Here's some excuses I used to use. Oh man, I, I can't serve. I can't, I can't, I just I work too many hours. I mean I am I'm, I'm burning it at both ends. I, I just don't have time. Or here's the other one. Oh man, the kids have this and the kids have that and the kids have that. Gia, you go ahead, you go to church. I I I, I just too too much going on. No, it's just like that crowd. We have to find a way. If you'll find a way to make it through all that. God will multiply your time. He'll give you the energy. He'll give you the peace. He will enable you to do it all. I'll never forget. We were in San Antonio, lost everything in a bad way, and all I was doing was murmuring and complaining, going on and on and on. Woe is me. Working hours, woe is me. Nothing changes, woe is me. Nothing was changing, guys. During this time, I was pulling out, wasn't going to church as much, wasn't reading my word as much, had every excuse in the world. I can't tell you the exact moment or, or why it happened, but one day, I finally came to my senses, and in spite of all of that, plugged into church, in spite of all of that, got in the word, even when I didn't feel like it, and what happened? God began to multiply my time, God began to give me peace. then. God began to give me clarity. God began to give me direction. God began to open doors. Next thing I know, we're moving to Houston. Next thing I know, he's leading us to some place called Conroe. Next thing I know, we're in this place called the Ark Church. Next thing I know, all of the hurt, all of the pain, all of the dreams we dropped down, everything, God began to restore in our life. Next thing I know, the Lord opens a door of opportunity and I have the chance to come and work on staff. What, what happened? I got rid of the excuses. And I made God a priority. And can I tell you? The Bible says that every word of God proves true. It proves true for you and it proves true for me. Let's say it together. Say, every word of God, every word of God proves true, proves true, proves true for, me. for me. And let's say it like you believe it. Say, every word of God, every word of God proves true. For me. me. Now say this. Say, God's promise of healing healing proves true true for me. me. God's promise of provision provision proves true true for me. God's promise of peace peace proves true true for for me. Guys, can I tell you this? God is still in the miracle working business. God is still in the story changing business. That if you will get up close to him, get rid of all the excuses, surround yourself with other strong, spirit-filled believers, God will blow you away with what he's going to do in your life. Be careful with the reasoning part as well. You know, I I think we live in the most intellectual place in the world here in the United States. And and I'm so, so um, big on growing in knowledge but understand, nothing trumps the Word of God, nothing. Man's wisdom is no comparison for God's wisdom. The Bible says that God says, my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. My ways are higher than your ways. And so we've got to take God in our own personal walk. We've got to take God and put him in a whole nother category. The wisdom of man, yeah, this is great, but God is over here. And if God says it, then I believe it. If God says that it's more blessed to give than to receive, then I'm going to give till I can't give anymore. If God says to forgive, then I'm going to let it go. I'm going to forgive. And can I tell you, God honors that, guys. He honors that. So we talked about being close to the Lord. We talked about having strong friends, strong people around you in faith. we also talking about having an aggressiveness and a resolve on the inside of us. Here's the other thing. When God tells us to do something, we have to be willing to do it. Since Jesus told the man, your sins are forgiven, and then having an exchange with the Pharisees after he was able to perceive that they were reasoning and questioning, he turned to the man and said, take up your bed and go. You've been healed. And the man didn't, he didn't sit there and reason, did he? No. He didn't sit there and question, did he? No. He turned and he went, just as Jesus said. Can I tell you, the Lord, as you begin to spend time with him and get close with him, he is going to tell you exactly what you need to do in your life. Not by an audible voice, but you're going to get an inward witness about what he's leading you to do. And as you do that is when the miracle takes place. As you step it out in obedience is when things begin to turn around. I will never forget, and I will always be grateful, and, and, I, and I got into this this is a side note. I got into this discussion with an individual uh, who's a family member who said, some of the things in the Bible are not for today. And I'm the wrong person to tell that to. <laughs> I'm like, what, what do you mean? Well, you know, the, the Bible, some of the Bible's outdated. I don't even read the Old Testament. And, and I'm thinking, you're, you're foolish. What, what are you talking about? And, and this indi- individual was saying, Basically, that I only listen to the things that I agree with. That's a dangerous place to be, guys. From Genesis to Revelations is the inspired word of God. means his fingerprint is on all of it. And so we have to open our hearts up to receive it. And we were talking about how in our story... As I said earlier, when we were in San Antonio, we found ourselves in a bad spot and had lost everything because of a bad business deal by someone um, who affected us financially. And because of it, I got super angry. I got angry because this man was a believer and someone I admired and someone I looked up to, and I felt like he let me down, and I felt like God put us in that position to be let down. And I was angry, and I was angry for a long period of time. And then when I finally got back in the Word, as I was reading one day a parable in the New Testament, a parable that was written many, many years ago, as I was reading it on the inside, I heard, you got to let it go. You have to let it go. Now, if anybody knows me, you know, my my conversations with God, I I, I openly talk to God sometimes. And I heard, you got to let it go. And out of my mouth, I said, I don't want to let it go. (laughs) And then it was silent. Next day, I woke up thinking about that situation. On the inside, I heard, you got to let it go. And again, I'm like, no, 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 no. Everybody knows he did us wrong. Everybody knows that. So why should I be the one to have to let it go? Why? Because God has instructed me to let it go. Guys, God knows better than we do. And we have to be willing and obedient. Why? Because then we'll eat the good of the land. In the moment that I let it go, I actually made an appointment, went to see this guy, And I told him face to face, man to man, I said, you know what? The debt that's owed us, I feel like the Lord's telling me I have to let that go. I value our relationship, so don't even worry about paying us back. You know, he looked at me and said, whatever, and walked off. But it's not about his response. It's about my obedience. The moment I did what God told me to do, I started a chain reaction of events that have transformed me and my my family's life from this day forward. It wasn't a couple of weeks later on my job where I was approached by someone very high up in the corporation that I worked for who said, we've had our eye on you. We want to send you to Houston to manage a facility up there. Feeling like the Lord led us, we went. And in six weeks' time, from the moment we hit soil in Houston, Texas, the Lord took us from being broke to tripling my salary and blessing us with a new home. Why is that? Because I was willing to listen to the Lord. Now listen, here's the last thing from this story. When the Lord blesses you, because he will, because of your obedience, when he blesses you, don't forget about him. It says the man went away glorifying God. You see, I feel honor and privilege to be on a staff with amazing people. There are days I wake up and I'm like, I I have no business being here. The only thing I know is that God is good, that he's faithful, and I want to tell as many people as possible how good he is, how faithful he is, what he will do in your life, if you'll only trust him and do what he says. Amen. He's still in the story-changing business. That's right. He wants to change some stories this morning. And I believe that if we'll open our hearts up, if we'll say, yes, Lord, that it will begin to set off a course of events that will change your life forever. How many of you are believing that God's got your best days ahead of you? How many of you are believing that God has more to your story? How many of you want God to do something in your life starting today? So we're going to say a prayer here in a minute and I'm going to pray over you because here's the one thing that I know. The scripture says this that when the word of God falls forth, it has the ability to fall on good ground. What's good ground? It's a heart that's receptive. A heart that's willing to receive what's being taught. So this morning, my prayer for you is is throw out all the stories. What from the word of God can you take and apply to your life and begin walking it out? And if you'll take that posture, God will begin to bless you. Let's bow our heads real quick. Father, we just thank you this morning. Lord, we thank you first and foremost because you're faithful and you're good to all of us. And so, Father, I thank you that as we come before you with hearts open, Lord, I thank you that you are speaking to our hearts right now on what it is exactly we need to do, what steps to take, what changes to be made in order to see the power of God manifested in our lives. Father, I thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you for what's in store in the days ahead. In Jesus' name. Now, with every head still bowed and every eye closed, there may be those of you here today who you may say, that's all great, Derek, but I've not even gotten an opportunity to really connect with the Lord. That I don't know him, and I've never had anyone... Help me to know Him. Or there may be those also today who, who you would say that there was a time when I was all in with God. He was my Savior. He was my friend. But somehow I got off the path. Here in just a moment, if, if, if you've never known the Lord or if you've gotten away from Him, we're going to give you an opportunity to make a, a new commitment with Him today. So if, if, if one of those fits you, I'm going to ask you, with every head bowed, every eye closed, I'm going to ask you just as an act of faith, if you would just raise your hand and say, Lord, this is my day. I want more of you. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. All right, if you'll put your hands down. Well, today we're going to say a prayer, the same prayer we say every week as a church family. The prayer that connects us all together. It says, Dear God, I know mankind need a Savior and I know I can't save myself. Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God. I believe you died on the cross for my sins and God raised you from the dead. Right now, Jesus, I confess you as my Lord, as my Savior, as the one who forgives me and restores me. Thank you, Jesus. My past is forgiven. I have a relationship with you. I'm a new creation in Christ because I've said yes to you. Amen, amen.